Hello, everybody, and welcome to the As I See It podcast here with the first episode of Barca Base, where we talk all things FC Barcelona. I'm your host, Gabriel Rodriguez, and today we're going to be speaking about the match against Abar that happened just this past Saturday. It was a 5-0 victory, Barcelona scoring all five goals, four from Messi and one from Arthur Melu. So uh, you could say a very good performance, but there were definitely some parts of the game that I did not like and definitely need to be seriously, seriously uh, looked at and analysed as we have a very, very uh, tough couple of fixtures coming up against Napoli in the Champions League away from home and then again away from home at the Bernabeu against uh, Real Madrid, the El Clasico fast approaching and what could be seen as the league decider. So a very, very, very important couple games coming up and we're going to jump into all of that. But first and foremost, we're going to speak, as I said, about the A-bar match um, at home and I'm going to talk first of all about the the lineup that was produced by Kike Setien, our uh, our new manager, uh, obviously replaced Ernesto Valverde. So the lineup was as follows: It seems as though it was a four four two formation uh, in the defence, and then as we move forward into the attack, it seemed to to change into a four four three. But I think it was uh, initially released as a four four two formation. So the lineup was as follows. We had Ter Stegen in goal, Semedo on the right, PK and Longley in the middle, and Junior Firpo on the left-hand side. Then we had a midfield of Rakitic, Busquets, Arthur, and Vidal. And then up front, we had Messi and Griezmann. Although it seemed as though Vidal moved and pushed up into that kind of Ansu Fati role on the right wing, as we progressed into an attacking position uh, to, to hold up and play those those passes through for Lionel Messi. So we can speak uh, a little bit about the lineup. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, to be 100% honest. I think personally that Rakitic has done at the club and he very rarely puts in performances kind of ever since the World Cup, really, that, that seem to be inspiring in any way. It seems to be a lot of back passes. Uh, sideways passes, which I completely understand is kind of within the philosophy of Barcelona to pass it around and and play the sideways passes and wait for openings, etc., etc. But he just seems very negative within his play these days. Um, he's not even shooting as much as we used to see him do when he when he first came to the club. You know, it, he used to have that brilliant shot that he would just uh, release when when whenever he could, and that used to be something that we'd look forward to as Barca fans. But uh, unfortunately, these days, that has become less and less, and so is his quality within the Barcelona team, unfortunately. Also, not seeing kind of any winger, obviously, Ansu Fati seems to be our only only winger at the moment. So I think it is important to rest him, although it's definitely more exciting to have him on the team and playing. So we saw Vidal take up that road uh, role, sorry. Um, and I'm very happy to see Vidal in the squad. I think he's actually a very integral part of this Barcelona team right now and I, I do feel like he should be playing each and every game um, because he just brings a, a passion, a passion, a drive, a, a motivation, a willingness to go into every challenge, every run he makes is, is like it's you know the Champions League final and he really plays with that intensity that is so crucial and is what we need completely in the club right now. Um, so yeah, I think it was a bit of a negative, a negative uh, set out by Kike Setien. Obviously, Junior Firpo in there for uh, for 
the injured Jordi Alba, who uh, who will be out for a few weeks, I believe. And uh, I guess we can quickly talk about Junior Firpo. Neither him or Jordi Alba, for me, have been playing brilliantly recently. I'm definitely happy that we're seeing more of Junior Firpo, and I think he does need to be given the game time to allow him to improve and settle within the club, because that's very difficult to do when you're coming in for a few games at a time um, in a position filled with jo- uh, filled normally by Jordi Alba, who has this incredible link-up with, uh, with Lionel Messi. So it's definitely big shoes to fill, but I don't feel as though... Jordi Alba has really had a had any kind of good good games or a good run of games really since the the shock horror defeat at Anfield, of course, in the Champions League. So although he hasn't been playing great and definitely didn't play to a to a great standard against Abar, I think it's important that we do give him time and allow him to to make the mistakes necessary to grow. Um, we also saw Semedo there on the other side of the defense, the right back position. And for me, I much prefer having Semedo uh, in that right-back slot instead of Sergio Roberto, who ah, definitely I don't like seeing Sergio Roberto in the midfield. I much prefer him at right-back, but I'd still take Semedo over Sergio Roberto for the majority of the games at right-back. However, saying that, again, Semedo didn't have a very good game. Um, it's a bit hit or miss with him. Having a constant... Um, run of games where he's playing well is seems to be difficult for him and uh, he he is getting the chance at the moment and I hope to see him you know stay in that right back position and, and get the chance he needs um, but again not a good game from him he seemed to be pressed uh, by the A-bar forwards and seemed to struggle in those in those uh, tight positions as he seems to be you know much much more reliant on his strong foot of course than his than his weaker one but seems to refuse to play many passes with his weaker foot when it when it looks like it's the easier option um so unfortunately that was the way it was uh other than that i think the lineup was fine uh the formation we seem to be chopping and changing for for each game but i don't mind that too much as long as the performance is there but let's speak about the actual game now um, and straight from the off, we saw negative signs from Barcelona. Again, a very, very slow start from the team, which is something that we're beginning to grow accustomed to as Barca fans, seeing this slow, slow start. Um, you know, straight away, we seem to be on on the defense as the team that is playing against us seems to be pushing and pressing us straight from the off, which is what we should be doing to them. And we shouldn't be allowing them to to push us so far back to our to our goal, really. Um, and seem, we seem to come out with no inta- intent, no hunger, no desire. Uh, and it's a really worrying sign and something that really needs to be changed. And I think part of the reason for that uh, is due to this kind of new style of play, the way that we're playing out from the back uh, with such a heavy reliance on Mark andre Ter Stegen being the, the ball distri- distributor for us. Um, we seem to be playing it to him and relying on him to make those long balls um, up to the forwards or into the midfield um, instead of allowing you know the defenders to kind of carry the ball up a little bit or pass it through uh, the initial wave of pressure. So we seem to be doing this quite a lot. Um, I've seen it for the, the past few games and we seem to be wanting to play this way from now on. I I guess it's a way that Kike Setien has kind of imp- implied um, or imp- sorry, implemented into the into the team, 
but it causes me great stress to watch, I have to be honest, because a lot of the times we are being caught out um, in in these passes. He seems to be consistently passing to Rakitic as well, which seems odd to me as he often loses the ball when receiving it from Tristegen. And then suddenly we are hit with this pressure where if it was a team, no disrespect, with more quality in attack uh, than Abar. For example, Napoli or Real Madrid, we're really going to be punished for that and we're not going to get many second chances at all. So this is something that we really need to to fix and find a way through because at the beginning of the game when both teams are meant to be up for it the most and we don't seem to be against a team like Napoli or Real Madrid, if we're losing the ball within the first 10 minutes of uh, of the game so close to our goal, you can bet that we're going to concede a goal. And uh, when we start on the on the back foot like that, a goal down, it's just an uphill battle from there, especially against teams uh, that have such a good defence, like such, such as Atletico Madrid when we played them. You know, if you concede an early goal against Atletico Madrid, it's very, very difficult to come back. We've seen that in a, in a multitude of games um, that we've played against them. We also saw it in the Champions League when they played against Liverpool and won 1-0, you know, the goal in the third minute from Sal Niguez. Um making it very difficult for even such an, a brilliant attacking team like Liverpool to to get a goal. But yeah, this new way of playing out from the back with such a heavy reliance on Ter Stegen really needs to be tweaked and improved uh, if we want to if we want to continue using it. Otherwise, we're looking at a very, very dangerous style of play. Um, so yeah, going forward into these next couple of games, I really want to see a better start from the team. I want to see us pressing straight away from the front foot. Um and I think that will reduce in a much, much better, uh, much better start, of course, to the, to the game. One positive that I would take from the game, of course, other than w- winning five nil, which sounds uh, ridiculous to, to I guess fans that aren't uh, Barcelona fans, um, you know, because winning five nil is a positive thing, and of course it is, and I'm very happy for that. But one, one of the positives from the game for me was we seem to be uh, as soon as we losing the ball. As soon as we're losing the ball, we seem to be pressing um, a lot quicker in terms to try and get that ball back for us. That's something that we seem to be doing now um, a lot more, at least we did in that game. And I want to see that consistently now over the next few games, uh, pressuring the pressuring the opponent as soon as we lose the ball and getting the ball back as quick as we can to regain possession. That's something that I that I saw implemented into that game and was something I was happy with. Someone else I want to touch on is uh, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, a lot of people saying because he didn't score, he had a bad game, and I completely disagree. Yes, okay, he was a little bit sloppy in front of goal. He should have put away at least two chances to my to my recollection of the game. But this guy is a workhorse for the team. He is constantly making runs. He is constantly creating space. And if he is... If he's found with some of these runs he's making, he's he's going to have such clear chances. It's unbelievable. But unfortunately, we seem to be so reliant on Messi to, to well, I mean, on everything, for everything, we're reliant on Messi. But we seem to be, the midfield seem to be giving the ball to Messi and allowing Messi to make the pass forward instead of the midfield finding Griezmann with one of these runs and allowing him then to have a shot on goal or, or play it to one of the other forwards that is up there front with him. 
And that's something I really want to see more more from the midfield is playing these killer passes and not just relying on Messi to do those because some of the runs that Griezmann is making is absolutely incredible. He's creating the space, he's making the runs, but he's just not being found yet. And whether that's an issue of time, you know, maybe uh, through time that will improve and with his connection in the in the team becoming stronger and, you know, learning his teammates and his teammates learning him. Maybe if that um, if that progresses throughout time and then we'll see some some of these runs being found, then I'll be happy with that. Maybe it is just an issue of time, but it's uh, it's as clear as day for me as a Barca fan seeing what he's doing. Um, and I am really happy happy that he is putting so much effort into the team. Really seeing his work rate is just incre- incredible in every game, even if he does not score. Of course, adding more goals to to his game uh, to aid the team and assist them would be brilliant. But he needs to be found with some of these runs. He's doing he's doing all that right. Uh, we saw in the second goal, of course, when there was a sloppy giveaway from a bar. Messi had it uh, dribbled into the six yard box, found Griezmann with with a nice little pass, um, and then Griezmann tried to let it run onto his stronger foot, his left foot. Uh, before hitting it, of course, that didn't quite work out and it ended up ricocheting off the defender and coming back to Lionel Messi um, for him getting... Sorry, that was the third goal for him getting his hat-trick. We saw that happen again. Griezmann should have put that away, absolutely. Uh, But, you know, if he's only getting a few chances during the game, I guess it's difficult to warm up, but I don't think that's any excuse still. He should have still been putting that away. Um but yeah, Griezmann, I'm still happy with his role within the club. I mean, we're seeing him just having to adapt to every situation he's put under. He still doesn't seem to be playing as that that central forward. Uh, and it still seems to be wandering off during uh, the game to each side. Now, whether that's an instruction from the manager or whether that's just what's happening within the game, I'm not 100% sure. But we see him wander off to the right and to the left uh, throughout the game. And it seems to be when Messi begins to occupy that uh, centre-forward role when he gets the ball just in that line between the defence and the uh, the midfield and he's running at the defenders, he's peeling off to the right or to the left um, and creating the space, you know, in the in the centre of the field for Lionel Messi to either run and, and try and have a shot or to find a ball out wide to either Griezmann or whoever's on the other side at the time. But overall, I am still happy with Griezmann. Obviously, it was a huge price tag for him, but he is a world-class player, and I just want him to continue to grow into this Barcelona team and for the team to understand him more and him to understand the team more, get a better connection with Lionel Messi. Um, and in time, I'm hoping that that will, that will come to fruition, of course. Well, the next talking point, I suppose, is Lionel Messi. Of course, four goals in this game today. And a much, much better performance than, we, than we've seen from him over the past few weeks. So is he back? Is he back to his best? Well, my answer would be no. I don't think he's actually anywhere near his best. But the fact that he's scoring four goals and not being at his best is a very positive sign. He's definitely improved from the past few games. Um, it still seems to be rumoured that he has got this little injury that he's playing through uh, for the sake of the team and and the uh, the lack of depth that we have uh, up front at the moment um, seems to be playing through an injury. Uh, so that could be the reason for the performances not being quite as good as we'd hoped from him uh, lately. But with the reliance on him being so strong, 
it's good to see him finally back and hopefully hitting a vein of form just in time for these two upcoming important games, uh, the Champions League game against Napoli and, of course, the El, um, El Clasico against Real Madrid, of course. So it's good to see him back, I guess. <laughs> Not that he ever really left, but um, he's been a part of the team in, in assisting lately and now he's back amongst the goals, which is great. He was a lot more clinical in this game. That's something that was uh, that was definitely noted by myself and I think a lot of Barcelona fans around around the globe. A lot more consistent. Uh, sorry, a lot more uh, clinical in his finishing, um, which is brilliant to see. So yeah, it's a very very positive sign. To see him score four goals before two very very important games, uh, hitting this form and and this understanding with the with the team just prior to these big games. And another talking point is the brilliance of Martin Braithwaite, our emergency signing for 18 million euros from Leganes, uh, coming into, I guess, a dream for him, being able to play alongside Lionel Messi and this Barcelona side, although we are in a bit of a, a club crisis at, at the moment, but I'm not going to talk too much about the the board or, or, or issues that we are having at the moment, but... Um, no, absolutely brilliant from Martin Braithwaite uh, when he came in as, as a substitute for Antoine Griezmann, I believe it was. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. The the desire to win every ball, the runs, um, and we've seen him pick up two assists. I'm lucky not to score, really, but um, picking up the ball, shielding the ball well, and playing as that central role that we so crave since the the. De- the injury departure of Luis Suarez seems to be playing through the middle, which is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant news. He has a bit of strength on him. He turned his man a couple of times, tried the shot, and in the end got the cross off. Lionel Messi scored what I guess he made a little more difficult than a tap-in, taking the, the, the ball around a few players and just slotting it home. Um, but yeah, seems to already get some sort of link up with Lionel Messi in the first game, which is absolutely brilliant to see. I'm so, so, so happy for him and for his role within the club. And I hope he just gets the game time. I really, really hope he gets the game time because he could be crucial for us while uh, while Dembele and Suarez are out. Um, and I think that, of course, that's the reason why we've signed him, of course, to, to be a crucial part of this squad. Now we don't have that forward central ro- role because Griezmann clearly isn't isn't being that. So very, very positive signs from Braithwaite. Very, very happy for him. Uh, and a great game overall since he came in as a substitute. As I said, unlucky to score. Talking about scoring, obviously we scored five, but were Abar unlucky in the game? Uh, they put the ball in the back of the net twice. Um, one was offside, and that was in the early part of the game. As I said, when we just started really slow, um, a good cross in, and the header was unfortunately offside for them. Um, lucky for us again and then we saw them put the ball into the back of the net another header but it was deemed a um, a high f- oh no maybe it- was it a header it might have not been a header but the ball went in and I- it was called off for a high foot and dangerous play from the the, the A-bar man up front at the time so the goal was waved off after a VAR check a little unlucky I think that that decision of the the high foot could have could have been given and could have not been given dependent on the on the referees or the day or the game. They were a little unlucky not to have a goal. And you look at it 
from from my point of view, it's worrying in terms of the way in which we started and how slow we started. You know, if we if they scored that goal and we conceded so early on, then straight away we're on the back foot and we're we're having to to climb a mountain. And the game changes. You know, it absolutely does. Uh, it changes from both teams really. Abar's um, strategy if they they go ahead and our strategy if we go behind so I think it's really important that we tighten that up I think Abar were a little unlucky with the goals that they obviously offside is offside and that that was definitely not a goal but the high kick a little unlucky but there was a period in the second half I think the whole of the second half from us really was not up to par until Braithwaite came on actually I think we just had this lull which we seem to have in in a lot of second half second halves throughout the season where we just go with trying to re- retain possession and not give away too many chances but we ended up giving away the chances uh, and against a better team they'd, they'd punish us for it but luckily against Abar we were not punished but I do think Abar were a little unlucky uh, throughout the game if I'm honest. So I, uh, I made this podcast a, a little later just so I could keep an eye on the Real Madrid scores they were playing later uh, away from home um, against Levante, and they ended up losing that game. Now, incredible, incredible scenes uh, at, at Levante um, as they came away with a one-nil victory late in the game. It was a brilliant, brilliant goal from Morales in the 79th minute, who uh, ended up winning it for Leganes one-nil. Sorry, for Levante one-nil. And that means that in the table, we are now sitting at the top once again. We are we are currently sat on 55 points and Real Madrid just behind us with 53. A very, very close gap. So that's why this in class, El Clasico is even more important because if we manage to get the win, we then go five points clear at the top of the table. If we lose, then they go one point ahead of us. And if we draw, well, we stay two points ahead of them. So a very, very, very important game against Real Madrid coming up, uh, which could be the title decider. So definitely things to fix up and, uh, and change and alter and improve from the game that we saw against Abar, although it was a 5-0 victory, obviously very happy with the clinical finishing from the team. But uh, and we could have really scored more, but there are definitely some worrying signs there against a against a more uh, how should we say polished team with higher quality players. Again, no disrespect to Abar. Um, but we would be punished for sure. So definitely some things to improve on. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I'll be back with another one against uh, as a review against Na- the Napoli game. Hopefully we can get a win away from home. That would be brilliant and just keep the results coming. Uh, one thing I will say is we've had a few difficult games against the likes of Hatafe and away from home, but we seem to be we seem to just be managing to ride out the games and and get the wins which is uh which is good for us even though we haven't been playing the best football the fact that we are picking up the wins is i guess something to definitely be uh be happy about you know we had Getafe at home and uh Real Betis away from home and we managed to win in both of them both difficult games but coming away with the win is definitely uh definitely Definitely a positive sign. So hopefully we get a win in Napoli and of course against Real Madrid. There'll be very difficult games and we'll definitely need to tighten up the ship for 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 those games. But uh, as I say, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and uh, I'll see you again after the Napoli game for 
the the post match uh, review on that. So thank you very much, and we'll see you soon.